This podcast is not intended to provide diagnosis, treatment, or medical advice. Content provided here is for informational purposes only, so please be sure to consult with a physician or your healthcare provider regarding any medical or health-related diagnosis, treatment options, and other questions. The information on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for advice from a healthcare professional. Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. My name is Kate Noel. I'm a recovery coach and a podcaster, and I'm sick. I got a little something, something going on. So if you can hear it in my voice, it is true. Uh, I don't know exactly what I have. I've done all the testing that needs to be done to find out. I'm just in the waiting period. So I'm just staying at home and podcasting. Um, So today's episode, I wanted to keep it reflective and I thought it would be good to do a podcast on just some things that I wish I would have known and you know, it's rather things I want you to know that could make your journey easier if you're not sure, um, if you're just starting this journey or if you're in the midst of it. You know, I'm the type of person to say, to believe that we always have the right amount of information. We always have enough information for us to make good choices for our lives. Kind of trusting in in a higher power, trusting in your process, um, but I do think, you know, in hindsight, if I would have known some of these things that I would have been maybe a bit more peaceful in my journey. So I hope this inspires you and helps you feel a little bit at peace. So number one, by the way, there's 12 things. So number one is healing is slow yet fast at the same time. So this is kind of, uh, this is to talk about the paradox of recovery because recovery is a paradox in that It feels really fun and exciting and great, yet it also feels terrifying and uncomfortable and scary at the same time. And, you know, time flies when you're having fun, right? And and time is really slow when you're not. So recovery is this, this time where I think you have to be really patient, like the days feel long. But when you look back, you're kind of like, oh, that was an interesting time in my life and I really got through it. It wasn't that long. So I don't know, all this to say, mostly this point, healing is slow yet fast at the same time, is just to remind you that recovery is a paradox and two truths can exist at the same time. And uh, it, it might feel really slow and it might feel like it's taking forever or you just can't see the end. But I do want to encourage you to keep going because there is an end, right? Recovery is temporary. Uh, For a lot of people who believe in full recovery, it is temporary. For people who don't believe in full recovery, at least it's this, you know, the tough times can be temporary. And then the times where you feel like you can just manage it can be a little bit easier. I personally believe in full recovery. That's not to just, you know, I don't want to invalidate anyone who doesn't. It's just my personal preference. Uh, So healing is fast and slow at the same time. That's my first point. Number two is... Pushing it off doesn't make it go away. Many years I spent in my eating disorder, I spent 
thinking that this is just going to go away. Like I don't actually have to pursue recovery, right? Like all the things that make recovery, recovery, eating foods that I didn't want to try. And I kind of, I guess what I'm saying by this point is I thought that my eating disorder would eventually just morph into a healthy relationship with food. Like it would just kind of go away on its own. And I didn't have to really dig deep. It didn't mean anything. It didn't mean that I had a deeper problem or like a real issue underlying, which in hindsight, I'm like, ha ha ha. You had a lot of issues, you know, talking to myself. Uh, so pushing it off doesn't make it go away. You know, you have to endure the process of recovery and, you know, recovery teaches us that our eating disorders aren't really about the food. You know, they are about the food on a surface level and body, but on the deeper level, they are about something deeper than that. Um, so once you start to recover your and heal your relationship with food and, and body, then naturally your real issues come to surface and it becomes difficult. So as much as it's hard to make the plunge of saying, I'm just going to recover and understand that this discomfort and these healing of the core issues is so uncomfortable that will go away, right? It will go away, but you have to recover and do the work. Um, and a lot of people, I think myself included, used to just say, no, like it's just going to go away or I can't handle it right now. I'll just do it in the future. But in reality, it only makes the grieving process more difficult and it really just adds time and and, and pain to the process. So I would encourage you to start now if you haven't started yet or keep going if you're in it. My next point, oh, this speaks to little Kate so much. The person you actually want to become is yourself, okay? So by this, I mean the person who you're trying to emulate and become, deep down, it's you. You want to get back to you. And even if you disagree with me, if you say, I don't like myself, I hate myself, I don't like who I am, and I don't want to be me, I think that I would challenge that. And I would say, give yourself a chance. Give yourself a fighting chance. Because when we try and, you know, if when whenever we try and measure up to somebody else's standards instead of our own, then we're always falling short. So... I just encourage you to try your best to not check yourself out right away. Give yourself an opportunity and know that the person that you really, really want to become is you. And that takes a lot of work and sometimes it can be really muddy and you can't find yourself. But this process of recovery definitely showed me how to become me and like me. Number four. You're going to love the way being truly proud of yourself feels. So in this point, this is something I love talking to my clients with because so many people say to me, I think that having an eating disorder and having the body that my eating disorder provides for me or the coping mechanism that my eating disorder provides for me is so much easier than living in a my recovered body or living in... Um, a reality where I have to actually like show up in my life and cope with my feelings in a healthy way. And I miss being proud of the body I used to have. I miss being proud of the way I used to cope with food. I miss being proud of uh, my diet. So people, you know, eating disorder convinces us that 
we should be proud, like the most proud of ourselves when we're kind of defying what it means to be a human being by challenging food and body rules. Like, you know, I used to eat dessert every night and now I don't anymore. Being actually truly proud of yourself outside of food and body, like being proud of you, who you are, your accomplishments, your goals. And I'm not talking about food and body goals. I'm talking about, you know, goals that really align with your values and what you care about in this world. Doing something that aligns with your values, you will feel so much prouder of yourself. It's a totally different type of of pride and joy in yourself. Um, So that's something that I want to just give you hope on experiencing someday that you're going to love the way being really, truly proud of yourself feels compared to the silly. I mean, it's minute and it's not rooted in reality the way that your eating disorder makes you feel, you know, proud of yourself, um, at least in my experience. Okay. Number five is the eating disorder part of you is your responsibility to acknowledge. You cannot blame it but you can thank it and listen to it. Yes, um, thanking your eating disorder is difficult. I think what I'm trying to say here is I wish I would have realized and really taken the responsibility to recover sooner because I spent so much of my time blaming it, blaming this part of myself. And when you do that, you become reactive. And I think the spiral really continued for me. So instead I had to approach it with gratitude and listen, the eating disorder is telling you like the eating disorder shows up in areas of life where we're most vulnerable. So interesting, right? Okay. In this area of life, I'm most vulnerable. Let's say you engage in eating disorder behaviors every time you have you know, work anxiety. This is just a really random example. Okay. Like work needs your attention. You know, something's going on there. Uh, it's not always that easy to uncover. Right. But that was a, a pretty simple example. So try to have some gratitude, even if you don't believe it right away, I just recommend spending, I don't know, a couple days of a week, you know, doing a gratitude list and maybe jotting down the eating disorder in there so that you can really start to see it in a new light. Okay, number six, no one knows what you need like you do. This is really so important because I used to trust everyone else but myself first. It really like had so many, was so convinced by whether it was like diet culture or eating disorder culture or my friends and family, whatever it was, like, I just really didn't trust myself. And at the end of the day, you know yourself best. And that is the reality. Like no one is ever going to know you like you do. You are the one who has the signals in your, in your body, the energetic, physical signals that are telling you what you need. So nobody knows you like you. So an example that I feel like I wish I would have known, and I wish that I could have listened to is that I need a lot more food than I, than I was told I did, you know, like in school or in diet culture or whatever it was, I always thought that I needed this amount of food and I needed a lot more than that. And I, at the end of the day, I know myself better than anyone else. And so it's a really special relationship that requires a lot of trust. So just reminding you that you, you know, who's going to have your back if you don't, 
in a way, you know, I am so fortunate that I had access to people who did have my back and, you know, I feel good about that. But at the same time, you need to step up and remember that you know yourself and that's your own responsibility. Coach Kate out. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Seven is slow gratification. So taking the slow road is actually worth it. So eating disorders are instant gratification. Recovery asks us to be slow and to remember that slow and steady wins the race, so to speak. You know, the best things in life take time. (laughs) So you got to just remember that these little hard days and choices that you're making will result in, you know, taking the slow road that's what recovery is in a, in a way, is worth it. It's so worth it. It's amazing. It's rewarding. And uh, the instant gratification, I mean, that gets old, you know, like eating sort of gratification gets old. And so I just want to encourage you to take the slow road. The next thing I wish I would have told myself or someone would have told me is that I will stand out and be special without the eating disorder. So you will stand out and be special without your eating disorder. This kind of goes hand in hand with the pride one. Like you'll be proud of yourself, but like you are innately special. And I think a lot of people think that in order to be special, they have to have, they, the eating disorder is kind of like the only way, or it's like the easiest way, or it's like the most societally accepted way. And in reality, you will stand out and be special without your eating disorder. And it often takes time, like recovery, and takes removing the eating disorder to see how special that you really are, right? Clearing out the old to get the new. Um, And that, like I said earlier, will be so much more worth it and you'll feel so much more accomplished in pride than you will with, you know, the eating disorders giving you a false sense of pride and specialness. Nine, this is a little more tailored to my own myself, but maybe some of you will resonate. The thinner you try and become, the more powerless you become. So for me, I ha- my personal eating disorder was very much wrapped up in body image and I really wanted to be thin. That's not everyone. That's my personal story. And so... I really found out that the thinner I was, the more powerless I was. Truly, like, I feel like every time I got thinner, I just lost more and more power in in who I was. And it was a weird feeling because I remember the eating disorder convincing me that I would be more powerful when I was thinner. And in reality, I wasn't. I was essentially powerless. So that's just an interesting correlation that I've, I realized throughout my journey. 10. Your symptoms are messengers and your eating disorder is showing you where you are the most vulnerable. Okay. I kind of touched on this already. This is, this is it though. The symptoms that you're experiencing are here to teach you something. They're here to show you what you need to hear, where in life, where's life calling you to heal and this is so important because if you're reactive, like I was very reactive to my symptoms and very mad at myself and I would wake up and have symptoms and just want to have a terrible day and stay in bed all day. And 
I needed to listen to them. That's how, you know, we grow the most in the dark. We grow the most when life is not good. So this was really, really crucial for me to listen to and, and hear. 11 is your metabolism will heal. You aren't broken or too far gone. So old Kate was very much, very much untrustworthy of the recovery process. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm too far gone. I'm broken. I'm always going to think about food. I'm never going to be happy. I made a lot of assumptions about myself. I'm never going to get my period back. I'm never going to, I don't even know, measure up or feel happy. Like I can't even tell you the amount of times I just lost hope for myself. And so this is a really important point I want you to know is that you're not broken. Like your body is always wanting to heal. Your mind wants to heal. I would argue that your baseline is not eating disorder energy. It's not an adapted metabolism. It is not the baseline. Your body wants to get back to homeostasis. And, and as long as it has the tools it needs, whether it's food, healthy coping, healthy mental health, whatever you, whatever it is that recovery, you know, whatever type of recovery needs to happen, you'll get there. Okay. Last, last, but not least is your eating disorder is truly not your safe space. It's not your safe space. So this one is kind of rocked my world when I realized this, that I thought I was safest in my eating disorder. And in reality, I was my most vulnerable and it was, it was my most dangerous times. So this was so critical for me to understand that the eating disorder is not safe. It's not a safe space for me. I'm not myself. I'm, I'm kind of like somebody else. And that really shook me up. And it, Something that I feel like not a lot of people talk about is the idea that a lot of people in um, eating disorder kind of have that as their core issues, that their eating disorder just feels like a safe space for them. And so I would just encourage you to ask yourself, is that my own reality? Maybe it's not. It's not everyone's reality. Um, but if it is, you know, what about your eating disorder is actually not safe? What about it is, what about your you know, normal life is safer. What can you imagine um, is a safer reality for you? Okay, that is the episode today. It's a little bit short, but um, I hope it was inspiring and you feel good about continuing on this journey. Let me know what y'all thought about it. 12 points, 12 things I wish I would have known if any of them resonate with you. Um, or I'm thinking of doing a little post on my Take the Cake Instagram which I'll leave linked down below. And you can comment on the post that pertains to this podcast and tell me something that you wish you would have known so that some people in recovery who can read that will maybe be inspired by your hindsight knowledge. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you like this episode, please don't forget to leave me a rating and a review. It means so much to me. Thank you all so, so much. And I'll see you on the next episode of Take the Cake. Bye.